0: Once upon a time, there was a land of neon rainbows
1: called King's Cross. Ape Saffron would have to be divine vile,
2: amoral, and absolutely corrupt criminal. Trying
1: to make a living, working hard to get to heaven, where I call a wrong. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome along to
3: the Community Notice Board. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board A podcast about suburbs we grew up in Hometown heroes, local landmarks and coming of age tales We're back baby, just the three of us, we're riding solo again And we're doing (laughs) a second part to King's Cross Because there was so much we didn't talk about And this time we're going for it, we're going all in on the crime Yeah It is is a filthy cesspool of an area Absolutely
2: yeah, well, I had all this research about this guy and then uh, I probably... It was like I was doing a year three project again. I had a PowerPoint slide, <laughs> yeah. I had headings. I was about ready to cut it out and yeah, stick it on a... a big fl- cardboard. Big cardboard thing with glitter and glue. <laughs> yeah. and made then, a diorama. Yeah, yeah. And have then, you ever uh, put
3: like yeah. a bunch of time into anything at school and just have it be completely wrong?
2: <laughs> uh, no, I... I haven't done that. I remember once in like year 2 we did a project and I it was like yeah, doing on an Australian animal and I did it on bats and I did and I was put so much effort in and I got um A+++ and I was like man I rule. And I realized that was the teacher was like a complete spaz and she that was the second lowest mark she gave out. She gave out <laughs> A+++ plus and uh, an and A plus plus A plus was the lowest mark, and Jeez. I got A, a+ plus. A plus
3: plus must do better. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It, it was just it's like what a real
3: it, up, like participation,
1: participation. trophy. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, but it was like it was like participation trophy, but it was just a trophy that didn't say participation until you realise everyone else has said first yeah. place you know well, that's you like, like you winning like winning the
1: coaches award and then you find out everyone won the coaches award. yeah yeah
2: yeah exactly so that that's i i remember thinking like i'd nailed it and then I'm like oh man i fucking stink I remember once when <laughs> i was in year four
3: like i had one of those uh kind of matildary inspiring teachers who's like there's more to learning than just books like you can have fun with it and, and she was great most of the time. And she, like, told us, like, when we did, like, assignments about English or math and stuff, like, you know, don't just write it down, like, all boring. You can, like, have fun with it. Like, put illustrations on there and stuff. And then showed us, like, this example of, like, a short story in English where it pointed out, like, the grammatical stuff with, like, little cartoon characters, like, jumping on, like, uh, like where dashes were or, like, a little... Man pointing at like a full stop being like A full stop is the end of a sentence and stuff And so she like gave us this uh, Assignment on Apostrophe use And I wrote this like I spent ages like writing this two page thing with all these illustrations of like guys parachuting in where the apostrophe was supposed to go. But I got the apostrophe wrong by one letter on every single one. So I spent like two hours doing all these drawings, being like, Learning's fun, and then she's like, but they're all incorrect. No. Every every
2: single one, I got a zero. Uh probably seven, maybe? Oh, a zero. That's brutal. Wow. I actually reminded me I did a whole speech, and it was a correct speech I was supposed to do on the Anzacs, but I, the whole speech I said Aztecs, the entire <laughs> speech. That's a so real k- kabucha kumbacha yeah, situation. Yeah, though. yeah, And I'm just, and everyone's laughing, and um, <laughs> you I think remember you're I had, crushing. I had some gags in there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like bombing without knowing. It was oh, unbelievable. No. Yeah,
0: I had a
1: thing in um in kindy where I loved drawing um i'd get a piece of paper and do a line basically in the center and then have like the above world and the below world and i think i had like books of like medieval castles where they'd show you what people are doing inside and stuff and so i'd kind of recreate that and so i'd have little tunnels and like diggers and then i'd have like a castle up top and like i'd just draw everything that was going on above and below and this fucking kid saw me drawing one one day and then he started drawing one and just did this like half ass shitty version but because he got it to the teacher first she was like look at this amazing creativity from justin and i was like i'm gonna fucking
2: choke this kid out and hide his body i hate <laughs> yeah. this kid draw him below the ground underground Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's where you're going justin i got oh. punked real bad in year 12
3: once Uh, Maybe, no, it was year 11 I was doing three unit English And uh, you know how when you start doing like English later in school There's all like ways you can read texts So you can't just read for enjoyment anymore Like you've got to interpret it in some way most of the time So like there's a Freudian way to read things And that's always like you want to fuck your mom Or you want to fuck everything Or everything's a dick or something so, like, they assigned us to do this, like, Freudian reading on Disney's The Little Mermaid. And so me and my <laughs> friend Marty, we just, like, and my friend Mike, we literally spent a whole lesson just making fun of the concept by being, like, the the secret Freudian reading of Little Mermaid is that it is, in fact, a penis. And then just, like, wrote penis in as many things as we could possible. Like, we were, we were killing ourselves at how clever we were. We said at one point that someone performed an erotic monocle dance And we were just going <laughs> ham on it And at the end of the lesson, we gave it in Thinking, like, this will be a bit of fun And uh, she did not think it was a bit of fun Our teacher, <laughs> She, like, found us the next day And was like, "I this is the most disgusting thing i've ever read this is <laughs> disgusting you guys there's something seriously wrong with you how dare you hand this in to me a teacher i am gonna call your parents and get them to look at this and all three of us instantly caved and we're like oh no 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 don't, don't do that we'll write it again we'll write it again she was like okay but better be on my desk by nine o'clock so we i think she told us at like ten to eight so then we just spent like all before school, instead of just hanging out, like rewriting this essay so that we could get it done and give it to her. And like years later, we realized that th- it was just a con. She was never gonna call our parents about this yeah. penis paper. Like <laughs> she just used the thread of it to get us to bitch out and write a new paper, which we did. When we could have no, just well, been like, "Get mm. fucked!" Like real, uh, a, real
2: rebel a, without a cause. There. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it starts yeah, so uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we did all the work. She, but then we figured out later she was a dumb bitch and uh, <laughs> she wasn't even gonna. She didn't <laughs> even have the we, balls we, we should sure, sure show <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, Speaking of showing people up, we got some fucking crime lords. So, so yeah, we we, we dug back into uh King's, King's Cross, Cross and we've got some sort of errors of crime because I think it's just, it's just like so we much do, happens. Uh, there.
1: You could do an entire podcast season, you know, you could do like 24 episodes on King's Cross. People probably episode. have. They've yeah. probably
3: done better ones.
2: No one's ever talked about it before. It's <laughs> no the first ever, time. <laughs> no one's
3: ever talked about true, true crime on a podcast. <laughs> no, I know. We're the first ones. <laughs> it's so you've got to someone be innovating this way. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to start chronologically. So I'm yeah. starting in the uh, roaring 20s for my person. Um, and I'm talking about Tilly Devine, who is one of uh, the prominent, ra- like leaders of one of the prominent razor gangs in. And is,
2: is um, that a real name? Because that is like a straight up. Horn name, yeah. name. Razor gangs aren't what
3: they call themselves, so it wasn't like us going around being like, "Hey, three beers for the comnot boys," as we often do when we go to pubs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, is that her name? Not the Thilly, razor gang Tilly name? Was her name Tilly Divine? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a that that name. Oh, oh, you mean you think that's like her street name? Like, yeah, a, like well, it's cool such, a,
2: it's such a cool like. Strippery name that it's like that. Hours uh, yeah, up, I, I
3: think can. it's short for something. Let me double check. Matilda that Divine. Yeah, I think it is. Matilda.
1: Which cool. is still cool. It's still cool. Yeah, I mean, like there's only <laughs> Divine. Like, you
2: can be Alan Divine. It's still yeah. pretty cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, You're Matilda. Right. <laughs> Matilda
3: Mary Divine. Oh, well, she was born Mary Matilda Twist, which I guess Twist. Is, <laughs> twist.
2: <laughs> no tea. Uh, all right. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, so she did get which the I old guess stage is lame time
3: yeah still. but uh yeah she's got the stage name um, yeah so she was part of she was the leader of a razor gang and uh, so that, which, that, what, that, so they what are they so razor gangs basically they don't call themselves the Razor gang the razor gang was because um, in 1927 the pistol licensing act was introduced in New South Wales which meant that like uh, if you were caught carrying an unlicensed gun you could be put automatically in prison mm-hmm so, basically, a bunch of underworld people who had guns were like, oh, well, we're fucked now because all our weapons are unlicensed. <laughs> so, they junked them and they traded them for a straight razor because they do a bunch of damage and they can also be bought, like, from a barber's shop for a few pence and it's completely illegal. And this is also, like, before facial reconstruction surgery. So, you're fucking cutting someone's ass up. Like, they're disfigured for life. Like, right. there's yeah. there's no go back from that. I there, love how, how they were like,
2: you know... It's illegal to have a gun and like, oh no, now we can't murder people uh, (laughs) without, there's like, wasn't that, what what were they going to use the gun for legally anyway? Like surely they couldn't give a shit about a fucking silly rule like that. I mean, holding an unlicensed gun carting around now is illegal, but people still have guns. It must have just yeah been that's extreme. a really good point actually I didn't
3: really yeah, I just realised that if I was walking around With a gun in my pants someone right. would probably be like Hey that's not on Should have bought it my straight be, razor It
1: would be one of those things where the cops Could use it like use something small As a pretense to search you and then
3: Give you like ultra harsh pen- yeah. penalties You know it just wouldn't be worth it Yeah there's right. there's a there's, there's a lot of this In this time from Tilly Divine Where like Gangsters are just like Straight up getting away with stuff So cops are like What if we introduce a law Where we think someone's bad We can arrest them And their entire oh, family Oh
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Totally I mean so, and yeah. it,
1: Imagine how many people Walk around looking like The Joker back then With these fucking razor gangs Yeah Give around.
3: them the Glasgow smile baby Fuck um, But yeah You could just slash Someone's ass up And like you, you know If you carry a razor blade around You're just like Yeah I've got bloody stubble mate Yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on
0: anyway. come on that's
3: good enough right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you falling
0: for this just winking
3: at the cop yeah um, right. so basically uh Tilly devine was an english prostitute and um, she followed her husband who was an australian soldier and she followed him back and uh wonder how they met Blinded <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> Sitting at the dock of the bay And But well, this guy did The old uh, Goes to another school trick Of like bragging to her About all the stuff He had back in Australia Just Blind being like no. Yeah I'm, I'm, I'm rich back in Australia Everyone loves me I'm well respected And he told her That like he had a, Like a whole farm A kangaroo farm Being like Hey if you ever come to you know, like if you ever come to Australia, you can come stay with me on my kangaroo farm and oh, until he's man. like okay, and he's like fuck
0: shit. He's sweating <laughs> bullets on <laughs> that uh, that three months back. He's
2: yeah, like oh, firing oh, off some letters to man. friends. It is I hope crazy they, how they haven't much. sold the farm out from under me. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> the, 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 and the fascination with
3: kangaroos doesn't go away. When I moved here at thirteen, everyone was like, "Is there going to be a kangaroo in your backyard?" And I was just like, "Hell yeah, there is."
2: Yeah, people generally like I.
3: We used
1: to get kangaroos on my house in like just a suburban street. They shit on the front fucking mat.
2: I had a friend who was um, I don't know how I knew him, but they were like they they were like, can you see kangaroos in the street? Like like as in Sydney, the street. Like not because yeah. I think that people have hit a kangaroo driving. It's like yeah, but not going down Macquarie Street, you know? Like yeah. that, <laughs> that. That there is this idea that I haven't seen I also one of think, Charlie Chan's after work. And and I think. Uh, yeah yeah because the um people think they're like foxes and stuff and which i obviously I, it still is not like down the main street but i think they're way more in the cities in the uk than kangaroos like you wouldn't like you used to get them at your place Drew.
1: yeah like oh, like every afternoon i lived across from a footy oval and there was like further down towards the end of the street there was like a nature reserve so it made sense but literally every afternoon you'd walk to the footy oval, and there'd be just shit ton of kangaroos. And I used to work a lot, like a lot of jobs where I'd finish really late. And if I, when I was driving home, there'd just be big fucking kangas sitting like on my front yard where I parked my car, oh. just in the street all the time.
2: Yeah, damn it. Yeah, no, I didn't think that fucking, I mean, yeah. That, where was that in Queen Queenbo, yeah.
3: Yeah, so this guy is like, hell yeah, kangaroos, baby. And uh, she says, yeah. And he's like, fuck, all right. God damn it. What am I going to do? Gets married to her. She kind of she shows up and realizes not only does her husband not have a kangaroo farm, but he's also <laughs> completely broke. Yeah. Uh, he just like, also, <laughs> takes it to the middle of Sydney and he's like, they developed my
1: farm.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They put up all these terraces on my yeah. farm. And he's just kind of like an abusive piece of shit as well once they get there. But she. um. So they basically get to Australia and he's like, no kangaroos, <laughs> damn you, city of Sydney. Mm. And he's like, well, we're going to have to do the next best thing. You're going to have to start hooking. And oh, she no. becomes a prostitute in Sydney because she was already a prostitute in um, England. And okay. then she becomes... uh less
2: horrible, slightly, somehow. Yes. So she, he didn't force her into a life prostitution. No, no, he no, said no, he no, got no. A he I mean, he your sucks, fault. but... Oh, like, absolutely. Yes, sure. I know. Yeah. Not defending away with him. This I just clarify. Yeah. But yes. um,
3: she later becomes a <laughs> madam of a brothel because the New South Wales Vagrancy Act stopped men from running brothels, but it didn't mean... But that meant the women could run it. And so I think this is like the second time in four weeks on this podcast where there has been a legal loophole to allow brothels to thrive, which just <laughs> means like Australian lawmakers must like, we need to nail down these brothels, or people like, hey, make the language pretty broad,
2: all right? <laughs> the, like, the world yeah. finds a way, man. Like you yeah. know, you can't stop it. I, that's that's what I've taken away. What what like, like was the men stopping thing to try to stop brothels, or is it because that was like to try to stop I, uh, sort of forced? I sex assume what the idea was situation. was like to
3: stop. Uh, forcing women into sex work that they did not want to be a part of Stopping abuse But also like the complete internalized misogyny of But a woman could never run a business So we're completely safe on this side My And Tilly Devine's like Get fucked, I'll do it mm. And so she like becomes pretty rich from running brothels And uh, then she diversified her operations And then I've got a thing from a historian called Larry Writer, which is a great name for a historian.
2: Uh, (laughs) That's his stage name? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, So basically, she had, like, tears in her broth. So there were elite call girls, which were for politicians, businessmen, and, like, uh, overseas dignitaries and stuff. And then there were tenement girls who um, were the young working-class women who resorted to the casual prostitution. And then there was something called Boat Girls. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are older female prostitute, and they basically cater to the working class man or itinerant sailors. Okay. And just when you're thinking that Tilly Divine made your girl boss vibes, she also did, hated gay people. And so she oh didn't let, God. like, this go in her brothel. But um, she becomes really... She didn't let gay yeah, men she become... she didn't... Like gay men being no, involved no with rent brothels. boys. No, I no. was gonna say, she said it wasn't right.
2: It's pretty, it's probably you know, no gay man can have sex with my women. I don't really know go up to more the top. much of a stand You're making there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: so Tilly, uh, she's a bit of a character. She <laughs> Fucking this, I'll say Well this is the point <laughs> This is the point in history where bars are gender segregated As well and Tilly's solution to this Is to just like double bird and be like Fuck that and she just like walks into them And just like hangs out in the male Areas and if people have a problem She hits them um to, the, yeah, 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 to yeah, the yeah. <laughs> She was known for fucking slashing dudes in the face when they if they tried to skip out on paying for their sex workers. So if a guy was like, Hey, I'm broke, she'd be like, I'm gonna fucking gonna cut you up. Damn. And apparently this is cool as well. There was some like crooked ish cops or cops that like didn't uh Agree with what she was doing So she would just Soak them in petrol And set them on fire
0: <laughs> Yeah As a message
2: Sam oh, uh, Yeah that's So she rocks Hashtag ACAB Or <laughs> yeah. Do she's I She's this stuff All cops are burning All cops are burning
0: Yeah
2: <laughs> So Fuck
3: oh. At this time She's uh, She's also at war Oddly enough With like another Female kingpin uh, This woman is called Queenpin King- Yes Sorry, girl bus. And she's, uh, <laughs> she's, she, her name is Kate Lee. She's called the Queen of Surrey Hills. So Kate, um, she makes a name for herself, uh, dealing in Sly Grog, which are like establishments that illegally serve booze, like whether they be like bootleg bars or bottle shops. Um, and these two ladies, they fucking hate each other. No, no one's quite what? sure how it like, kicked off. Like, there are multiple theories and multiple stories. I believe Razor, the underbelly show, uh, pinpoints the feud as starting because, like, one stole the other one's Pomeranian dog. And
2: <laughs> she's just like, I'm When did this happen? This, this 2020 is 2020 or 1920? <laughs> yeah, this is not so 2020. The Queen of Surrey Hills is mad at this girl. was like, come on, this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, like Pomeranian, not a yeah. fucking. This happens once but a th- year. But
3: this is a good early story about uh, Kate Lee and Tilly Devine. So apparently there's a policewoman doing a patrol around Tilly's neighborhood, and Tilly gets upset at this. She doesn't like cops, obviously, from the burning thing. So she goes up to this policewoman and starts, like, shaking her and bothering her and being like, What the fuck are you doing patrolling my streets? At uh, this moment, right, a passing like tram car comes by, and flying off it comes Kate Lee, who sucker punches Tilly. So she jumps <laughs> oh off God. a moving tram to smash Tilly Divine in the head.
1: It's like a WWE fucking. Yeah, great.
3: Movie. And so then, like, uh, this Kate person who flew off the tram, she pins Tilly and tells the cop, like, "Be on your way, love. And if she ever bothers you again, I'll fucking crack her again." Oh, and so ugh. the two Actually basically off yeah oh, the two yeah. basically go to war so they start like uh destroying each other's businesses like trashing the shop fronts or you know brothels that they run they're slashing each other's employees up so uh, like the, the prostitutes and the dealers that they have um they both do jail time because um the cops who are basically lost all control of king's cross introduced this law that lets them arrest anyone that has bad character <laughs> oh, and so like the bad character system means that anyone who has like a bad image the, publicly the bad vibe law yeah exactly <laughs> I don't like the vibe of this yeah, guy yeah so like you're sitting and someone's like can i have a cigarette and they're like "Nah, get fucked you're like i don't like this guy and minutes later he's arrested he's a gitmo and <laughs> Um,
2: you could just clean up All of King's Cross With that law You know Just walk around And like this guy Yeah, yeah. well that's kind you of got What his hat happened they on, made like know. a
3: lot of Sweeping arrests Just being Because So basically People who um, Had a bad public image Got hit By this a lot So if you are in the so the press was kind of became a weapon here. So if the press was like this person's a shitty bloke, the cops would be like, all right, well the, there's a public consensus that this person's a shitty bloke. I'm going to get them. So it's cancelled. Yeah, That's what it it's, it's cancel <laughs> culture gone too far, and every everything is cyclical. Oh my lord. And um, damn, yeah. That's crazy. So they all moved to Austin and started a podcast. <laughs> and rebelled against. Them. Yeah. Where there's uh, tax breaks and Spotify can give them millions, <laughs> um, so basically Tilly and Kate kind of—they're not stupid, and they know that this system is bad for them. But they also know that public opinion can be swayed easily through the media. So they start using the press to rat each other out. Like being like this, this person did something shitty. This is Facebook posting, you know, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. posting about someone. <laughs> yeah, well, it is because while they're ratting people out, they're also pumping their own tires. You know, like they start publicly donating to charity, and Kate Lee is real good at it. She like picks like the mainstream charities, and is like all seen out a lot and she's jovial and good with a quote tilly picks like really niche charities and is violent and kind of like <laughs> <piece> of <shit. laughs>
0: yeah. she's like she,
1: charities like you know defund the uh yeah the, the gay rights establishment yeah yeah reduce
2: the <laughs> petrol excise so i can uh, set more people on fire <laughs> yeah. you know that'd be great yeah, well, exactly she, yeah so she's just so they're just posting you know, stories of a screenshot of the notes app, basically just back and forth. Just like, uh, if anyone talks to Tilly, she can, you know, (laughs) don't listen to what she's saying about me because uh, (laughs) she's a dumb bitch and she set people on fire and I punched her out of a tram.
0: (laughs) uh. Yeah,
3: that's exactly what happened. Sick. So um, basically, they do that. They both go to jail. I think Kate Lee goes to jail for quite a bit longer. Eventually, later in life, they both, they squash the beef. Mm Mm-hmm. And they they kind of become friends, and they both uh they both lose most of their wealth because they earn like a shit ton of money, but like the great Al Capone, they the, they got done by the tax man, mm. and they also eventually got done by paying off coppers who they bribed pretty heavily. So I think uh, Kate Lee died first, and. Divine lasted quite a bit longer. She she was convicted on 204 occasions in her criminal career. Oh, Pretty cool. Uh, and, yeah, basically, she died kind of, like, without much of her wealth. But there's also, like, a, a little postscript to this story. The great-granddaughter of Tilly Divine is a cop in Nowra. Oh,
0: so shit.
3: failed to stop the fringe bashing that Sam Taunton told us about, obviously. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... So there's this article on the Daily Telegraph that says, like, the great-granddaughter of notorious Sydney Madam Tilly Devine is a softly-spoken policewoman from Nowa, who reckons Tilly would be turning in her grave With uh, her line of work I was gonna
1: say She'd be yeah. fucking furious Tilly
3: wouldn't be turning in a grave She'd be fucking getting out of it Lighting her on fire Yeah
1: She'd be turning so fast She'd be trying to get a spark going just Like smoking <laughs> yeah. the grave
2: out It's an awkward it's fucking a... family Christmas lunch You know It's just <laughs> yeah. like from uh, the propane over there Tilly Okay Your great granddaughters here it an um, awkward s- lunch If you invited a corpse <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: (laughs) (laughs) So this Uh, cop uh, was six years old when Tilly Devine died, but she has plenty of stories from... So she would have met her. Wow. Yeah, like she would have met her, but has like no memories of her. But she said like her dad has memories because her dad was like, yeah, my grandma is obviously a bad person, but she rules... But then she says the most memorable story dad told me Is when he was a young boy He was in bed one night when he was staying in Tilly's house He felt a lump under his pillow Reached under and pulled out a revolver And like That's a fine story But like when we've led up top With flying train uppercuts And lighting cobs on fire Like reaching under a pillow and finding something's kind of boring Yeah Yeah. Like especially for a cop who probably has like access to all her release records and stuff
2: unless that was like her giving him like the tooth fairy present you know like he'd lost the tooth and she's like this is what you need is a fucking gun i can't use them anymore the cops will be
0: after me i need a razor
3: you know yeah so that was a um and then so like the grandfather said it it, it said dad always used to refer to tilly as a piece of rough nasty cockney english work And then she says, I know she did some terrible things she did leave a sentence (laughs) I really thought I was going to turn
2: sweet at the end uh, An old cockney, (laughs) old battling You know, a bit of soul of the earth Honest to God The classic uh,
3: sitcom thing Where (laughs) it's like, Mr. Bensley This is the most insane, audacious (laughs) And genius plan I've ever seen
2: Come here, you (laughs) But yeah, um, my yeah. great grandma was the old-fashioned, stupid old <laughs> bitch, and I added <laughs> her. And she can
3: rot. Like, Pretty man. cool, though. I yeah, mean, that's yeah, Tilly yeah. Divine,
2: basically. Yeah. Fuck, man, that's crazy. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, they would—they just like—I don't know how old she lived or whatever. And I, but like, you'd treat like in the twenties, you would have that life a hundred times over the average life. Like, you know, even if you burnt the flame. Candle at both yeah. ends, and you burn <laughs> out by thirty-five. That sounds like a fucking ball of a time, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah.
1: That's what. You, but and a lot of the stuff with the twenties and that is like everyone always assumes that life was more conservative as you go back, and that's just indefinite forever. But like the fifties and sixties in Australia was so much more conservative than the whole Roaring Twenties. Like Yeah, yeah. It was a fucking yeah. party back then. There's,
3: there was not rules. Pro- no. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, she was a kingpin like that's rocks Like yeah. no matter what way you look at it even though she slashed people with a razor yeah who hasn't
1: uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> who bet.
3: hasn't wanted to at the very least yeah,
2: Justin uh, that little prick in my kindergarten class I'd have slashed him
0: up.
2: <laughs> no I mean exactly and, and all her like she's just Anything she did that against the law, you'd just be like, "Oh fuck, she's backed into a fucking corner, dragged to yeah. the other side of the world under false pretenses, made yeah, to yeah. become a prostitute again, made it, worked her way to the top." Then the cops started harassing her, and she just started cutting people. It's like, "Good, go for it, girl," you know? Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. I don't. There wasn't it. even any misjudgments there. I was like, I agree <laughs> with everything. You know, go. For it. <laughs> oh fuck! But uh, yeah, I so fuck. That was the twenties, and I think like there's sort of like drew was saying i think in the sort of 50s and 60s well the at least sort of post world war Two, i think you know king's cross maybe wasn't as as violent as that i think it cleaned up but there was a certain gentleman who sort of emerged out of that mm. um that i'd heard his name a bunch but I'd never really knew anything about him but he just kept coming up and he's this guy abe saffron and he's so when i was looking at him some of the quotes about him so first of all he's he, he's been the subject himself of three separate royal commissions. Like one wow, guy. Just one dude. One dude. Um, <laughs> and in all of them, in all of the royal commissions, like like that were sparked by him and he was named the number one organized criminal in Australia. And, and this is someone that like, I don't think you'd even recognize his face, you know? So they, someone said, they called him Australia's most vile. This is his, not his grand, grandson <laughs> but this is like this, uh, australia's most vile amoral and absolutely corrupt criminal um and this was like retrospect not just at the time this is someone who called him that through his whole career and someone also qu- a quote from about abe um if rooting was an olympic sport he'd be a gold medalist so oh fuck <laughs> yeah yeah is that quote attributed to him? No, but uh, <laughs> I think he's so That was
3: at his best man's speech.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Well, he was he's so he has two biological kids, a son and a daughter and uh they both have this weird like uh relationship with him now where they're like he was a good father, but I like can see all his flaws. Like he wasn't a bad guy to them, but yeah. the more they know, the more they realise how horrible he was, you know, to everyone else, but they yeah. sort of can't sort of give way to the fact that they did love him as a well, dad. It's
1: like that, like that guy we talked about, I think, in Ruby's episode in Chippendale, whose name was like China or something.
2: Yeah. But,
1: Jamie, do you remember that guy? And he was like, he was like a yeah, sweet family man, and he, and, yeah. but then he'd be like That's dragging right. people out of the pub and putting two bullets in there. Oh uh, yeah, sad. the
2: guy
3: who killed the people in that club. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah I know. He's Go
3: listen to that episode; it's very good. Yeah, Chinese, Chinese. Listen somewhere. to all the episodes. All right. it, Keep listening to this one too. Yeah,
2: no, don't turn it off. Uh, so so um, this guy, yeah, he the same relationship. So, so Alan Saffron is his son, and Alan Saffron wrote a book about him. The book was called Gentle Satan. <laughs> 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 it's just like, fuck oh, me. Wow. Uh, and uh, so basically the, the <laughs> another quote about Saffron, about Abe, was that if the confidential police records on Saffron were ever released, there'd be another three royal commissions. Wow. This guy was the most... Just So basically he was the most corrupt and the most influential criminal uh, uh, absolutely in Sydney and probably when you consider the scale of Sydney Australia-wide, right? Uh, he yeah. also had fingers in every pie across the, across the whole country but he was mainly based in Sydney. But the thing is he really, like, all of his magic was sort of behind the scenes. So basically the history of this guy, um, he uh, when he was 25 years old, um so this is like in the in the uh in the 50s mm. he bought and owned uh the roosevelt hotel he'd somehow figured he got his dad to borrow money he'd sort of just been a no sort of no, normal guy grew up in the inner west and um the roosevelt hotel at the time there was yeah strict um drinking laws and stuff like that around like the pubs had to be shut at midnight and stuff like that and he just went fuck it and he just kept the pubs he just kept his thing open till four and, and then just the and then lockdown protester baby uh, keep sydney <laughs> open that's this yeah, guy's yeah, whole vibe. so he uh he basically was like i'll just do this and then the cops that come around to like check i'd just be like no from 12 to 4 i'm not serving alcohol i'm just serving like you know i uh, post uh, you know after dinner mints you know whatever <laughs> and uh i'll Classic. just fucking uh bribe these cops and the cops are like yeah for fucking a so he did that and not only do he do that he was like well i'm not fucking putting any of this money on the books i'm not paying tax on any of this shit either you know so he started doing that he's 25 and he's and the roosevelt hotel became the biggest club in sydney it was like the rich of the richest that the fucking everyone that that uh, wanted a good time it was the last call you know and he was up in king's cross uh the roosevelt hotel was like darlinghurst or something it was just so yeah, it's in the area in the area that but it was it was that sort of um that the the entertainment sort of square. I don't know if it was technically there, but Surrey Hills maybe uh, at the worst at the sort of. Uh, extent I think it still it. exists. I, I, I think was gonna it's say com- I, it's come back it. as a uh, uh, what do you call like an homage place, but it isn't the exact same place. Oh, uh, right. I think it's it was slightly different. Um, but then he what he did was. He started visiting the USA because he was a bit of a gangster sort of wannabe. I think he loved, like, the power. His son and said the only thing he cared about was sex and power. Like, he's just one of those guys. Like, he cared about money, but he only wanted money for power. Like, he, he was just all about having the power. So he started going to the USA, and he was making connections there. And he, he started bringing huge names to Sydney to perform at his clubs. Um, Frank Sinatra. These are people Damn. who've never been to Australia oh. before. Frankie Archer, Nat King Cole, Louis Armstrong, Chubby Checker, Sammy Davis Jr. He's bringing them all of Sydney Man, to Sydney. This around. is like
1: it's like when you get a comedy producer here who'll fly someone out but you, they don't quite know what gigs they sort of get themselves into. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Sinatra rocked up to the gig, like, what the fuck
0: is this? I saw a photo
3: yeah. of Sinatra. Yeah. When so he just d- like having a cigarette outside with someone there. they like, I'm playing the Roosevelt later. And <laughs> yeah, someone's
2: yeah. just like, oh boy. Yeah, I'm doing two 20-minute <laughs> sets. I got a drink voucher. Uh, you know. um, yeah, so he was uh, he was doing that. And, he, and then while he was over there, he was dealing with these guys' management in Vegas and in uh, LA, and especially in Vegas, their management is very uh, mafioso, if you know what I mean, at least has yeah. connections <laughs> yeah. within L- those. Loud rooms. and clear, because <laughs> you just said it. weak <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I mean. They are career criminals, <laughs> if you will. Uh, they're so, fans
3: of the Gabagool,
0: if you know what I mean.
2: So uh, they, uh, he starts seeing them, and then they're like, no, 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 this is how you run. Clubs like this is, and so he oh, hell yeah. effectively comes back uh, to Australia with all these uh, little things under his hat about that this is like mafia, mm. this is organized took, crime. It's like he took an MBA in being yeah, a fucking criminal. exactly what he did, and he. You know, uh, he saw what was happening over there. He saw, and Australia was so naive at the time to, I mean, they, they just, it was like, no no one, like bribing cops was like small fry stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. was like how to get out of small stuff. It wasn't like this sort of institutionalized corruption that that they had over there. So um, he uh, he also helped open the first, well, he funded the opening of the first strip club in Australia, which is in the cross, or was oh, in the yeah. cross, um, Strocato um, <laughs> Club. Strocato? Uh, I think it's... Man, uh, workshop
1: that name a bit more. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> yeah. He's just
2: gone with the Italian they couldn't, thing. they couldn't get the right domain, I think, so they uh, <laughs> <laughs> had to chop around. Yeah, but then, this is uh, just Tricato like... like dot org. Yeah, yeah.
3: You put this like in modern times, and it's just like a fucking guy with a Scarface poster being like, I'm going to ha- be the biggest criminal of all time. Yeah. Dude,
2: you say totally. that. Th- I, I can't find the quote, but someone was like in his house, he just had mafia posters on his walls. Of watch. course. <laughs> <laughs> like he absolutely <laughs> did, like from the Godfather, like he w- that was the only thing he liked. That um, fucking rules so.
3: Oh, that's hilarious. To have like the biggest crime boss also be like a huge nerd. And just yeah. a
2: dork. Just an absolute uh, fucking loser. But but it's he, like
3: imagine like a, a guy like about to like slice your throat for snitching, and you're like, man, I've got the criterion of the Godfather trilogy, <laughs> and he's like, me and you kid, we're gonna go far.
2: Mm-hmm. So he, um, and then what happened was, as he's starting that, he started start, um, opening up clubs, and as he's sort of getting into his stride. Vietnam's going on, and Vietnam has a lot of American, a lot of Australian soldiers, and a lot of them are doing R&R, so they're coming off tour, and they're going to Australia, to Sydney, to have a couple of weeks of respite before they go back. And so they're American, they're fucking young, they're whatever, they've got money, and they basically, that sort of is like the big spark for King's Cross, is all these American and Australian and other, you know, soldiers coming into town with money single and just going around and we had strip clubs and he was like Fuck, this is a this mm. is the fucking money here so brothels it's like a reverse
1: ch- barley yeah like everyone from there everyone from southeast asia coming over here. here and exactly. just and running amok but they're all american
2: soldiers foster singlets and stuff you know <laughs> and then uh, so he had um, at his height he had 100 brothels and 50 nightclubs in oh, australia shit. he um he had th- some of these famous ones like the infamous ones in sydney were venus room pink panther club pink pussycat club carousel club roosevelt and staccato they were the piece big sort of uh uh his headline uh, blue chip clubs um he he wasn't the other thing like he'd been a couple of, uh trouble a couple of times but not for no- nothing really when he was like 15 he got caught like um Uh, doing illegal betting or something and then any and then in the 60s he got caught and charged he was participating in an orgy and which was scandalous conduct and he basically um it was like this hardcore orgy and they don't even really say what was happening but it sort of alludes to like he was like it's like like sort of hardcore porn now was back then like the most extreme thing you'd ever fucking imagine. So he was into some crazy shit. So Jeez. they don't actually say what it was, but they sort of wink-wink at it. It was some... Uh, he was doing some pretty, like, like you know, tied up in leather and shit like yeah. that. He and was doing
3: the devil's missionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Doggies, though, yeah. That, that's even so, that, whole, that was one of his royal commissions was, uh, hold on, was the woman on top? Because we got to... Uh, <laughs> no, we can't be having can't be having that. So anyway, so that... He, but, it, but he really is staying out of... Um, most of, the, uh, most of the fucking uh, uh, drama and the, the cops and everything like that. But he, he starts to implement all these um, uh, USA mafia style things. He starts getting a million companies. So he's got like a hundred different companies on his books. Um, he's actually implementing a criminal enterprise. He's like moving people around. You're the owner of this. You're the owner of that. Um, and he's paying, paying off cops. Um, he's, he, he's got all these cops on his books. But the mafia teach him this little trick which he's the first one to implement, which was he starts, he has a hotel, like an actual, like uh, stay in a hotel. And he's got all these buddies, like mates, like he's, you know, paying cops off and he's paying off all these people. And he's like, Hey, do you like girls? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, come here. And, and you can fuck this girl and go and tow to my hotel. And he's putting them in rooms while they're having sex and he's filming it secretly. Uh, and so he's oh, then this is
1: the fucking the Epstein play. Yeah So then he's uh, well, I don't know no, what Website exactly you be on same, <laughs> That's what Drew. he was He had the whole pl- He had his whole mansion Was like rigged up With cameras and shit I What
2: for his own ba- enjoyment
3: Or yeah. I
0: didn't know
1: No I think to hold Yeah shit over black people, people. Yeah. So that's what I thought
0: that-
3: Drew was about To go to bat for Epstein <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah That's like what they did To poor Jeffrey I'm, sa- I'm saving that For our little St. James episode
2: <laughs> <laughs> So we can find anyone Who was born Went to school Little St. James Um so yeah what, he,
3: uh, Any bars there, Lewis James? <laughs> I got a
2: great, ba- pretty bad review here. Uh, one star. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what's the general vibe of Lewis uh, and James? <laughs> <Island>? um, <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, so he's doing that, and he, he's then got all these people in his pocket, and no one suspects this. This is like you, no one was. There was like, oh fuck this girl, whatever. So he's got just absolute catalogues of all these prominent people in New South Wales, and. That what everyone thinks is like when they said if that ever got released all of that stuff is is in there right so then he starts blackmailing people um he's uh he's basically uh this is like robert askin was a premier in new south wales like the gladys right yeah of, and, and adamant he was in his book like adamant that he was uh, caught up in it um and and like uh the the high court justice so a guy on like the high court of new south wales all the police force entire all the way to the top they were all basically wrapped up um the when he died there's a dossier that his son received in his estate that the son's like i I gave it to the cops. They've got it, but there's some pretty fucked up shit in that. Oh, it's and
1: fucking in the bottom of the harbour now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, <they're laughs> yeah. Fucking say, that fucking that. Hey, put that shit and on eBay. And the old
2: Tilly, Tilly Divine tip a bit of petrol <laughs> on it. So, that, like, for example, he had his standover man, um, uh, Jimmy Anderson, was he's, like, right-hand man, one of his muscle. And mm. Donnie the Glove, another standover man from a different gang, walked into a full bar and, like... Um, Come up to him, like to assault Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson pulls out a gun, shoots him once, and then as he's turned around, John, um, Jimmy Anderson shoots him three times in the back. Um, he pled self-defense. Not only did he get off on that, they didn't even didn't even go to court. So they arrested <laughs> him. Jesus. They arrested yes. him, and then it went to like. Uh, the detectives looked at it and it got no build which is like they didn't even try to charge him they just said we can't do anything it's like it less
1: like, than a slap on the wrist yeah <laughs> it's
2: not even an acquittal or even like it, 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 it not even got away with it they were like it was a full bar of people who all said it was him like what no one yeah, debated yeah. deba- deba- what so that was like they were like okay there's some fucking shit going on there um and but eventually jimmy anderson so he just had this whole enterprise he's pulling all these strings, and then I think Jay, I think it was probably the um, the Juanita section, which is I didn't really dive into this because Jamie had some info on it, but the the background I believe is like. He he was also someone who could get shit sorted for people. So he yeah. he had so much power, and he wasn't really at the coal face of it all. He would lend money to people to open a bar, and then you know, mafia style. And then he would protect them, and, yeah, and so yeah. he was never. He was always one step away from the action. And the the Juanita thing was 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 uh, interesting, James. You have you got? Yeah,
3: it sounds like uh, the the fact that the mafia taught him to have all. Uh, His hands in these companies were probably Juanita Nielsen's undoing because Juanita Nielsen was a she was an heiress to a a hotel fortune from Mark Foy, and basically she lived like the dream heiress life. Like she moved to like an artsy bohemian community and used her heiress money to start an independent paper. It's like when really rich people start getting into stand up. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? Or like making a zine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
3: yeah, Or someone who's just like Yeah I did all of the UCB classes And you're like How'd you afford that? And they're like Oh daddy um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, So
2: basically like this uh, She was she, Ma- Ma- Mark Foy's right? It was Mark yeah, Foy's Yeah Mark yeah Mark Foy's yeah. And she, uh, she Which set is up like this
1: Ironically where the fucking Courthouse is
3: now Yeah In that building yeah. So she used her Financial connections To establish this uh, Local newspaper Called Now which uh, they ran out of her heritage-listed house. And, like, firstly, it was just used to cover the lifestyle of the cross and kind of shed light on local businesses. So it would have, like, fashion coverage, a lot of it with Juanita, like, modelling the fashions to promote local businesses and promoting local restaurants and whatnot. But uh, the paper gains popularity and also Juanita becomes kind of more involved in local issues. And so the big one kind of at the time Was that there are a lot of developers in Kings Cross Seeing what a potential cash cow it was And just fucking bulldozing the working class tenants To put up big apartment blocks When Sydney Council's doing all this They're not consulting the locals They've just been like Alright, here's the money Out you go, pause Mm. And... So eventually, the council comes for Victoria Street, which is where Juanita Nielsen and her father live. And so she gets involved and she's trying to involve, uh, like, implement green bans and in um, cutting off water and sewage at these sites where people are trying to build. And she's also mobilizing tenants and shareholders to kind of hold up the process, which in turn, like, led to developers grinding to a halt and pissing all their money away while they're trying to deal with stuff like getting the sewage turned on. So not a popular figure because she's just causing these people to bleed thousands of dollars. Mm. And uh, so police kind of start enforcing the developer evictions, and I'm sure they were probably backed by the very deep pockets and hot women from Abe Saffron. And so at this point, like residents get kidnapped and physically threatened. Like people, people kill people basically being like, get the fuck out of here or we'll kill you. And they do it like either directly or inadvertently. And so Juanita gets disgusted by this. She's pissed off and she starts going for it, uses a newspaper to be like, these people are pieces of shit. This is what they're doing. And, at this point, she kind of starts fearing for her life because um, you know because these people
2: are, <laughs> are killing people to get yeah, that weapon. And and yeah, because tell the the other world. people are
3: dying, and she's You're the right. only person loudly speaking up about oh. it. And she's also reckons that people have like started following her and uh, like on knocking Facebook. on her door. And so, yeah, yeah, it's all on Facebook. <laughs> but basically, she was summoned to a meeting at um, the. Carousel Which is an Abe Saffron Owned club To essentially discuss Like advertising I think it was Or to progress This
2: meeting oh, and to, win to, to win a free boat That yeah. she had yeah. 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 Exactly She's
1: invited to one of Abe's establishments Which was a giant Cardboard box With a stick propped up And a large <laughs> rope Coming off it
0: Yeah
3: And so she goes in Never seen again Body has still Not been found Fuck uh, it is still, as of 2021, 25th of August, an unsolved case. Uh, but within twenty four hours of Juanita's disappearance, like her home and her office are ransacked, like all the research papers about this development stuff are gone, and the um, the latest copy of her newspaper now, which was going to feature a huge expose on all these events and name names, including like developers, police, Abe Saffron and stuff, that's gone. And that Shit. just gets lost to time. Yeah. It's a fucking noir story.
2: And yeah. That's that's the thing is it's like there's no physical or it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, they found Abe's bloody glove next to a body. Like it's just yeah. th- there's no evidence pointing to him directly, but every single piece of circumstantial evidence yes. is. So, yeah. so it's like you can understand why it's not solved, but it's also like there's no question what the fuck happened. Yeah. It also seems like everyone just knows it's him. Yeah, Some, yeah man. of course of yeah. course and uh and so like like I said, like when I was talking about his son, his son wrote this book, and in the book, his son said, "Look, well, I know he's a bad guy, but i never I do not know of any time he he, he said the whole books was gentle Satan, so he's like, my dad was a guy who, he condoned violence, and he would hint at violence and he would u- tell people. In a way to use violence to solve problems, we would never sort of legitimize it, or he would never actually commit violence himself, or say kill this person. He would just say, "Well, you need to sort it out," sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then when the book came out, this guy Alan Saffron said he got contacted by a bunch of people. Like, no, he told people to kill. I know five people he killed, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, "Oh, okay, well, I was wrong about that." Yeah. So, not, uh,
1: not so gentle Satan.
2: Yeah, yeah, not so gentle Satan. Uh, so he, um, so that was the whole thing with. With Abe was that he generally was... Um, in the end, he uh, he didn't get done for anything. He did, though. Speaking of um, uh, Al Capone, he got done for tax evasion. That's all he ever got done for. This is how uh, they all get done. Yeah, and it was the same thing I said about the, 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 the... It was the old keeping the money off the books because you have the... At 12, you stop serving alcohol, but you're actually really selling it. And so he had white books. And the guy... Who um, turned on him was the, was Jimmy Anderson, the guy who got off on that murder charge. He eventually was like, um, uh, he he turned on him eventually. Just said, "Yep, I fell out with him, turned on him, and uh, they finally did him." And he served seventeen months in jail um, in the eighties when he was in his sort of seventies. So Shit. it was sort of a spent force. In terms of influence by then And then I think They said when he went to jail The allure of him was away Because he was sort of This untouchable guy And he was then it was like This seven year old guy Getting dragged to jail And it was a bit sort of like When OJ went to jail You know yeah. It was like Oh okay You know It's just this old man Going to jail now It's yeah. not sort of A bit of like, like when OJ went to jail It was unfair <laughs> Yeah Yeah <laughs> um, Well the second time Was arguably unfair uh, <laughs> No <laughs> it certainly should have gone The first time um, But uh, But the, the sort of The uh, the, just to, to wrap it up there, there's all this other stuff about his actions because there's sort of murders that happened at the time, but a lot of interest about Abe has sparked recently because of the whole ghost train ride at Luna Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what happened with that was in the 1979, a fire breaks out of the ghost train and seven people are killed, and it's ruled as an accident. Luna Park shut down for 15 years and the owners sort of go bust, and then the new owners take it over. And I don't know if there was sort of like murmurs at the time, but that's sort of how it sits for a while. Um, But, uh, you know, only recently did people start to look into the fact that all the way before 1979 up until the fire, Abe is like jostling hardcore to take over the park. Um, he wants to take it over he wants to fucking do stuff with it turn into a nightclub that sort of thing he's really pushing hard for it um, he doesn't get his way and then the fire happens and then this new company takes it over and they find out in the 2000s that he ha- owned that company he had a part ownership in that company that took oh, it over yeah. so he had yeah. his fucking so it yeah. was sort of like this whole thing where he's like oh nothing to do with that and they find out in the 2000s and then 2006 um he died um but in an interview uh for the um the herald his niece and buckingham um when she when asked about the 1979 lunar park fire that killed seven people she laughs nervously and then says very strange that fire uh, i don't think people were meant to be killed and um <laughs> okay, so now. that so that comes out and then basically she because he just died and that was like he, and by the way, busted open by Kate McClymon, who in the last episode um, I mentioned she was the reporter who was yeah. spending her King's Cross telling people abuse on the streets. So she busted this open. But then they, this Mrs. Buckingham called the Herald the next day and demanded not to publish a story because she was contesting Saffron's will and it would not advance her cause. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she then yeah. sent I want le- some of that blood money. Yeah, she then sent a letter denying she'd ever uttered the words to her. To her. Um and but the Herald said they were recording a face to face taped interview. Oh, <laughs> so that happens yeah. and everyone's like, "Fuck me," you know. And then so the theory that the, and I haven't looked, um, but I think they did a doco on it and a podcast on it, but recently to get more info on it. They're going to
3: do a podcast on it when we cover Lunar Park. <laughs> we're <doing> <laughs> we're um, truly out of ideas.
2: And we just listen to another podcast and go, apparently yeah. this... Uh, happened, uh. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> so listen the, to this part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, uh, it comes out that, you know, uh, he, pretend, like the theory is he paid bikies to do it and they didn't mean to kill anyone. They just meant to set fire to it and burn it down, whatever. Uh, who cares? No, but the, 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 that, the real interesting thing is that over the following two years, Another six of his premises, Saffron's actual premises, all of them well-insured were destroyed by fire, right? Oh, wow. So this guy, and here's two more, right? So these two have not, no one's accusing him of, of this, except for me, right? But, but <laughs> Is this an exclusive this community a, notice board scoop? Yes, and I'm going to do no more investigation, but people sort <laughs> of hint at it, but the Savoy, uh, so the, um, the Savoy Hotel, it's next door to the Pink Panther. Pink Panther Club at the time, right? This is in the 79. Now, to put it in place, it's where the McDonald's is now in King's Cross at Potts Point. Oh, right? I've been mm-hmm. there, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> um, so so it's the McDonald's and then the, the Pink Panther, so the Savoy Hotel, and then next door to that is the Pink Panther and Showgirls, and then uh, is Showgirls now. The next door is the Potts Point Hotel. The Savoy Hotel burns to the ground, 15 people die. They arrest this guy, he's a petty criminal, he's a complete nutcase. But Abe Saffron owns it and claims all the insurance, right? And this guy is a mental case, like he's a complete nutcase, but they arrest him as a firebug or whatever. Hmm. And then six years later, the Down Under Hostel burns to the ground, six people die. Guess where it's located? The pink, it's at the Pink Panther, it's next door. So both uh, of these places are owned by Abe Saffron, next door to each other, they both burn down, they arrest the guy, Gregory Allen Brown, petty criminal, complete nutcase, they both fucking burn the ground and they're both owned by him. And he's both has all this insurance money from it. And they both re- they both arrest a complete crazy guy to, for the crime. Uh, and then, so those two, everyone keeps hinting at, they keep going, Abe Saffron owned it, mm, not that interesting? Here's my one. This is my, no one's ever hinting at this, but me, the Rembrandt, <laughs> the Rembrandt Hotel, 1981. I don't know if Abe owned it. And this is more of a general thing, which I think is very interesting. Rembrandt Hotel, 1981. Um, Fire broke out at 2 a.m. Local residents reported an explosion in the four-story 71 room Rembrandt Hotel, the city of the, in the center of King's Cross. Firefighters found two small gasoline cans in front of the hotel, but police inspectors said there was no strong evidence of arson. <laughs> <laughs>
3: ah, Police rumors probably nineteen getting people, 19
2: people were dead. The whole thing burns to the ground. A few years later, the site is auctioned off and becomes Hugo's. Oh, oh shit! across I've the road hugo's? from Hugos yeah which is like uh uh what did it come now but it's like one of the biggest nightclubs in the fucking city and it, well, was, it was a hotel huge when it was hugo's now yeah. i think it's kind of dead right yeah yeah but in that so it was this 1981 was a shitty old hotel it burns to the ground 20 people die there's petrol cans everywhere and yeah. then it, and then it's sold off and no, becomes no sign of arson
0: <laughs> no sign of arson.
2: And uh, they've heard an explosion. And it's like, holy fuck. Is this, Jeez. are we
3: officially moving forward? Community Notice Board reckons that the fire that led to Hugo's being established was arson for Abe Saffron.
2: I don't know if it was Abe Saffron, but whoever owned that hotel, fucking, I guarantee, caused it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had his finger in it. Fucking,
0: like, that's Absolutely. crazy. Fuck. And let's it was just like-
3: send this podcast to a bunch of journalists being, like, interested. And they're like, what's all the <laughs> stories about apostrophes?
2: So <laughs> (laughs) you mean journalistic integrity (laughs) what is happening um and just to finally (laughs) on abe i don't want to do that because some fucking criminal woman's gonna dive out of the light rail and slash me up (laughs) so lastly just on abe so he was his whole career he got away with everything except for that 18 months in jail they called him mr sin like his whole career Oh, right? That's Mr. a cool Sin. nickname. Not a trigonometry thing, which would be pretty cool. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Cos. <laughs> I'm Mr. Cos. <laughs> He's Mr. Tan. Um, yeah, they call me Pythagoras. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Sin. And uh, anyway, he when he gets out of jail, he gets real sensitive about it and he hates it and uh he hates he's, being called mr sin yeah he he, he doesn't like because he's like i'm not i'm not a bad guy I did nothing wrong he's whole i never did anything wrong everyone calls me mr sin in everyone 2000- calls
3: me mr sin come into my lounge room surrounded by mafia pictures <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah and you uh,
3: call me gentle satan for some
0: reason yeah yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah so in 2004 he's two years before he dies He successfully sued a Gold Coast newspaper for defamation because his name was the answer of a crossword clue. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Six down. Sydney underworld figure nicknamed Mr. Sin, 3-7. He sued them and And, won. And won, that's crazy. I don't know how much he got, but he fucking won. He sued the Gold Coast because they called him, because his name was Abe Saffron Mr. Sin. So there you go. After all that, he was still Uh. fucking punching. And he was like, dude, you got away with it. You spent your whole life, apart from 18 months, Clean sailing And he's like How dare you besmirch my
0: name Yeah I mean
2: (laughs) at 80 Like I mean honestly I think if that
3: was me If I'm 85 You know At that point A I'm doing every drug Known to man Just being like Something's gonna take me out B, like it'd just be like, yeah, of course
2: I did, dude Like, I rock oh, fuck it. I'd get Mr. Yeah. Sin on the back of a jersey <laughs> I'd <laughs> get I be Mr. Like, sin on my year 12 jersey Yeah, 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 yeah I'd get it on my fuck it I'd be like Mr. Cool Ice, you know that <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd license it out to those, yeah.
1: those little like, Mr. Books, you know You've got yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah, sin, Mr. Fat, Mr. Long
2: Fuck franchise the whole thing, man Mr. Sin Steakhouse, I'd be going crazy It's a sick nickname, man It doesn't even Um, yeah anyway um yeah so that's a A, b boy saffron Um, and he kind
1: of there's so many parallels with with his i guess successor um but i'm gonna i'm gonna grab a beer before we finish the ibrahim go for it all right well um yeah like i say there's it's a weird how much parallel that is with this dude because arguably the next um you know sort of the heir to the throne of, of king's cross is big Johnny Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Little teflon, Johnny Ibrahim. Teflon John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a small dude. You'll get sued defamation. They call him... So he's Teflon John. He's the last king of King's Cross. He's, uh, according to his girlfriend, he likes to be called Sexy John.
2: <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, ask I like me to call- be called Sexy John. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I ask Amy <laughs> to call me Sexy John all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he has a similar thing.
1: Like, he, he basically arrives to the cross in the late 80s as a, a 16 or a 17-year-old. Um, and he's kind of like... I think one of the teachers at his school said something like, John, you know, you're either going to end up dead or very rich. Mm. He, so, he just kind of had that attitude of, of... Same with Abe. Like, he, this is a guy who would have been fucking Goodfellas posters on the wall, Scarface. Okay. But he's also... He, you know, he's also a, like his family's Muslim, and he still is like, I don't touch drugs, I don't touch alcohol. Um, his siblings, you can't say as much for. Like his brother Sam, definitely is like, I think in jail right now for drug importation. And then there's like Fadi, who had been sh- who's been shot. Uh, I think possibly got charged for something recently as well, but like a lot of like drug importation. Was there
2: like, that. was there dad and shit into that? Or was it literally all the brothers got involved sort of I like think themselves?
1: No, I, I think it was just the brothers. It was started with um, his older brother, Sam, right. who I think was the first Lebanese e- e- member, either, either member or like certainly like high level member of an Australian bikie gang. It was the first time they let like a Lebanese guy get to that sort of ranking. Oh, wow. Um, And he, yeah, he rocks up to the cross. And within like his first year there, I think when he was 18 or even 17, he got into like this big brawl and he still has this like crazy scar across his stomach from where he was stabbed in this thing. But he basically, in his own words, he, he, you know, all he wanted to do is manage bars and restaurants. He, in his, in his sort of like the way he tells his own life story it's like all about the hot he's just a hospo guy (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. loves nothing more than a towel over the shoulder yeah yeah, exactly um but he starts managing the uh tunnel nightclub quite young i think 18 years old or something like that he's managing um tunnel which i don't do you guys do you have any experience of ever going there? I'm not sure no. when it's shot.
3: I think the only club I went to in the cross was probably World Bar. Mm. Like before. It's really
1: close to World Bar. Before. Um, where, oh, where it was. I, I think I've been in... to
3: Candy's apartment once during a blackout. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what the electricity went down or something
2: <laughs> or? <laughs> somehow I couldn't see Jamie to stop him coming in so like oh, no, sorry <laughs> i
3: I blacked out and went to an apartment with candy <laughs> yeah. Candy night. divine
2: uh, <laughs> um, so he was 18 and he's well yeah, he's how in do you get cre- that job five it foot was- five and he's like telling 30-year-old roided guys. Mate, <laughs> yeah. you've had two, but you can't come well, in like...
1: Everyone says about him is he's um, he's just charming. You know, he's got... There's something about him. He's got one of those personalities. He can, he can talk anyone into doing anything. Everybody wants to be his friend. He makes you feel like the coolest guy in the world when he talks to you. So he's obviously got that sort of... Magnetic personality that let's <laughs> I like to see me fumbling Trying to manage a nightclub <laughs> so, uh, so, Oh shit
0: uh,
2: You gotta sign in But I don't know uh, <laughs> You're You have know, to Make sure you scan yeah, your QR code you know, If you don't believe in it you know, I'm not gonna make it uh, <laughs> Can you be my friend? Uh, um, I like you But he can't like, that's
1: Listen with, to my with podcast the, with, with the oldest
3: stories?
1: I oh, put man. a sticker
3: on your wallet. <laughs> so
1: that's where I would actually
3: shine.
2: <laughs> getting stickers in their hands, the hands, baby. stamp to get in the nightclub. It's just our <laughs> fucking podcast. It's like, <laughs>
3: like the Goodfellas narration of you putting stickers up everywhere. Being like, we thought these days would never end. was <laughs> in pub toilets all around Sydney putting up stickers for the
1: podcast.
2: Man, that boy could put up a sticker on
1: a you <laughs> um, yeah. And... I guess because his story is really still going. There's not, like with these guys in the past, they started to get at a certain age and shit starts to come out. Mm. But this dude, he's, you know, he's in his 50s now. He's sort, he's just about to have a kid with uh, his girlfriend who, nice? If you, if you read the articles, he has got all set up on some gun charges. Like, do you guys remember that story? Um, his partner, someone Budge, I think her last name is, I can't remember her first name. Sarah Budge, maybe. Mm. Um, But basically, like, the cops just found a gun in her cupboard. Oh, nice. Like, in in a raid. And she's like, I've never seen this gun before. They're like, you know, giving her... I, I guess... I believe that she had never seen it before. Like, it was just in her closet, like, next to her fucking shoes. Like, it had been hastily thrown in there. She's mm. like, I've never seen it before. The cops were like, you know, she didn't know how it worked or anything, which, like, if you had seen it, you're not going to fucking pull it out, start spinning around the finger and just firing shots off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shooting just, an apple off
0: someone's head.
3: Rubbish. Excuse. Just... Yeah, I have no is, idea how But to- there
2: was like her prints <laughs> yeah. weren't on it it's Her also prints very, weren't it's on a, it. it It's also very easy to fake It's just to like Grab the nozzle like, Do you do this? Do you <laughs> hit people <laughs> on the head? Is that What is this it's thing? Just sticking it in her mouth Being like <laughs> I don't know yeah. <laughs> but um, sure she doesn't sound like sort of person there's no prints like,
1: on it uh his dna's on it you know what i mean like it's right, it's seen? some dodgy sort of gun so it's she the, eventually so it's a king's off.
2: cross version of taking a speeding ticket for your partner like uh, yeah. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah she took the
1: points yeah 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 um she got off recently i think but yeah they're about to have a kid together and so it's a lot of it's this whole thing and you know his whole reputation as teflon uh john is because literally he, you know he, both his brothers are, uh, i think in jail right now maybe Fadi isn't but the, every single person around him is like involved in something and nothing will ever get to him like he's mm, got this, mm, like that weird yeah, bubble right. around him where he just cannot fucking catch a charge sure. and he and when you're talking about like abe with the cameras in the house like yeah. that's what i was th- when i was reading up on him i was like he must have a fucking cache of of like dirt oh, wow. on the biggest cops in in the city like he has to have something or otherwise yeah. there's no way um and
2: he was like so he was was he doing the same thing where he was sort of taking a step back or was he like man like date because you said he started uh running it like if you're well, running yes you, you're you always he,
1: he always was like i i'm legit I run this establishment but everyone's like you know you, you're a fucking drug dealer. you right. uh, you control drugs on the strip and he's just like that yeah, seems like it but what, what <laughs> do you know well, not me yeah. but like, he said that there was a cop thing um I, I think it was during the there was a royal commission um and it was essentially it was like the fitzgerald commission in queensland that we talked about in grace's episode mm. but it was for um, the New South Wales police. Mm. And so they did this um, complete, you know, this full commission, this inquiry into corruption in especially the King's Cross um, police force. And it, it netted a shitload of people, like people going to jail, losing their jobs because they uncovered like just endemic corruption. And he was like a big figure. He had to, he got called before the commission a few times. And there was some quote, I don't have it directly in front of me, but it's something to the effect of like, you know, the guy running it is like, it would seem that you're the, you're the biggest drug runner on King's Cross. And he was like, yeah, it would seem that way, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just, he's that brave. Well, that, that's it. what
2: they suggested about Abe was like, they were like, if you want drugs, you go to his clubs and it's there and there's no way he doesn't know about it. And what they suspected was instead of him running drugs, he would charge drug dealers fee to deal in his clubs so he had no he had no direct connection to the drug dealers and so he but if you were dealing drugs in his clubs and you didn't pay him he would fucking kill you or bash you or whatever so he had one step behind it and it's like well you effectively it's a good business model yeah yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if he just did the same thing and then they were like well we've arrested this guy for dealing drugs but he's got no day to day contact with john yeah, like yeah. it's not like he's re-upping with john he's just yeah. paid him once 50 grand in cash and an alley and that's yeah. it that's the whole you know yeah
1: and he's holy like it's crazy that he's managed to get the, like by this long he, it, what is it so he's in his 50s you know this is mm. over third you know three decades of of being involved in this world and not getting like, he's he's had his house raided a couple of times but there's no like real substantive charges against him mm, mm. um some funny stuff is like he's he released his he's released a book which is apparently like it won like crime book awards in Australia like I think it's called the um, Dangar Prize after I think Dangar Crescent which is where that LaFranchi was killed you just watched Blue oh, Murder yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, he um you know and he tried like he's visited Roger the Dodger in prison because he tried he tried to get the rights to that sequel that they made to Blue Murder oh yeah like, he wanted he killer. wanted to produce it yeah. Um, and
3: I'll kill a cop. I think
1: he his ABC Media Watch is like obsessed with his relationship with the media because he has this whole thing where it's like he's like, eh, hey, you know, leave me alone, guys. But he's feeding them the scoops and, mm. and wanting to to have this image, you know. And he's palling around with like fucking douchebags like Kyle Sandilands and like Ben Fordham is like Ben Fordham is the just this little fucking the dweebiest cunt. I know. Who, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Who, we
3: could get him on the pod. He, uh, yeah.
1: he, um, uh, he'd have to pay our skill in the pod You, know? <laughs> you reckon? Yeah <laughs> I don't think he would There's no way yeah. I reckon he'd pony <laughs> up some cash <laughs> uh,
2: uh, I don't think so He's fucking Yeah, he's Wait,
1: just, he's after,
2: after this tape
1: leaks This is what we hold over him Me calling him a dweeb <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We got the goods on your fordum, Okay Yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he he tried to interview him once, and he like got rejected or something. And then he like sucked up to him until he like let him interview him. And now he like pretends they're best friends. Oh, um, but but uh, Carl Sandlands is is the big the big one who's just like you know we're best buds. We met in a pizza. We fucking party together. Um, he he's, he's so this girlfriend of his who he's put up on these gun charges. Uh, there's. All these text messages came out between them during the trial because it's part of the evidence um, tended. And so they were all public. And he's just like, it's just, it's pretty fucking embarrassing to read. It's like the most harrowing shit where it's like her being like, hey, babe, babe, why are you ignoring me? And then like a day later, like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Wouldn't mind hanging out tonight. Then him responding, fuck off, I'm busy. And then her like, Okay, uh, well, you know, like, it'd be nice to see you again. Haven't seen oh. you in a couple of days. Oof, we've all been there, though. If, yeah, like.
3: <laughs> As in, we've all been her sending the message <laughs> to a <laughs> yeah, John absolutely. Abraham of her own. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just, yeah. Dang, I just found a AK-47 on the couch. Is this, what is this uh, The cops <laughs> want to know who's in mind? Or? Just got the latest <laughs> Fallout Boy album, Amanda, if you want to come over and listen to it.
1: The biggest <laughs> slap in the face is there's this exchange over a couple of days where she, her mum is in hospital, and so she's spending quite a bit of time there. Mum's quite sick. Johnny fucking Johnny's not nowhere to be seen. He's not visiting. Um, <laughs> so she's texting her the whole time, like, you know, can can you maybe like, can I see you? It seems like they don't see each other for days. They're supposed to be dating, that they don't see wow. each other for weeks at a time. And um, there's one point where she's like, hey, mum's read mum read your book. She really she liked your book. No response from him. Wow and then a day later he's on the kyle and jackie o show talking about how he's how he's single he's like oh yeah i'm on the market and so there's all these messages from her being like hey my mum really likes your book you know she's got Cancer, she's got the big C, she's in the hospital. And then all her friends like texting her like, hey, did you happen to catch that interview? Because he's there like, oh, I've never been more single, baby. Fuck Elisa. the hell. He what the fucking piece I'm of I'm doing He did an interview as well with the Daily Telegraph, which is pretty funny. This is when his book came out. And so I can't tell who's like worse in the situation because he's just, he's giving like a publicity interview but it, the, it reads like a police interrogation if you mm. read the transcript. Mm. But also the the questions that the interview is asking is like, like it's one thing to like softball a guy, but th- this guy, is, he's playing like 20 questions with him and it's just, it ends up just reading fucking ridiculous. So it's like, this is, it's a longer interview, but this is like a, a segment, like a short um, excerpt that I thought was funny. He's just like, the interview goes. You say you hate the uh, nickname Teflon John. Is that because it implies what you that you got away with things you shouldn't have, and uh, you shouldn't have done anything in the first place? And he goes, I hate the name because of the reasons in your question. <laughs> and then he follows that up with, If there was one person you could kill and get away with it, who would it be? N- not a question I will answer. Oh my god! <laughs> so this is where he starts pleading the fifth. Uh, If you had to invite three underworld figures to dinner, living or dead, who would they be and why? I would never go to dinner with three underworld figures, dead or (laughs) alive. (laughs) Uh, And then, is there anyone in particular that you're happy is in jail or dead?
2: Oh, my God.
1: Not a question I will answer. Uh, What will you tell your daughter about your life when she's old enough to understand? Leave my daughter out of it. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> this is and the greatest like, interview and then, ever. And then, like right after that, it's like the Last King of Kings Cross. Like, get it at all good bookstores.
2: You know, like it's, what? It's what like is your favorite color? Bits. Not the color of blood. The opposite <laughs> <Yeah>. of blood. <laughs> like what? It's like the most stupid. Like just, as if as if like he answered any of them. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. That he would ever be in trouble. Like. You know, who would you like to kill, living or dead? Oh, I wouldn't mind knocking off this person. Yeah. That's never going to get him in trouble. Like, what no, a fucking loser. Not.
1: But that's why I can't tell because the Gerald's an idiot, but also he's just yeah. like s- t- such a self serious fucking dude. probably bag.
2: prepped in his room thinking he was going to get lease sales for weeks, you know, and he was going to get <laughs> yeah. these hard hitting, like, real cross examination questions. And then he just got like TV guide secretary or something. <laughs> just being like. You know, who were you? Are you a you know Joey or yeah, Ross? Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, who, who should Rachel have gone? With? I will not answer that. I
3: am clearly a Chandler.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, that's our
1: boy. So who ah. knows where the story ends? It's got to be one of those things where if it, there's always got to be a structure in place that's holding these people where they are, and that's what happens when these when you get older and the cops that were like protecting you retire. You, there's all fucking. Every chance that this guy hits 70 and he gets taken down, it's like like Roger yeah. the Dodger, man. I, Roger I, the Dodger's in the fucking Long Bay I, right if now. If I was
2: John Ibrahim, what I would just be doing is filling out my tax forms so fucking well. I would be like <laughs> doing... I would be paying so... Yeah. I would be dotting every Not I. Not even a cluster. HR and
1: r block job. I'd no, be getting like no one no of high
2: None of that like COVID work from home, I'm going to claim my electricity <laughs> yeah. bill. Shit, I'm doing everything by the letter of the law because that's the only way they get these guns. Or... They get him because you're Roger the Dodger and you're going and kill and you somebody. Asian dog, kid. Dog like yeah. That's the, I, it's why it's like, do you, what do you do? Just don't shoot anyone, John, and pay your fucking taxes. Yeah, and I feel your like taxes. you're going to get, uh, because once you've got enough money and power, you can put enough buffer be, between people where you can, like, you shouldn't have to be killing anyone. Like, Ro- Rogerson was, had, had to do that because he was out of, he was already a disgraced cop, right? So yeah, he was yeah. like, I need to either get power or money or whatever i knew i need to get my hands to yeah,
1: his latest fucking tour wasn't selling so well
2: do you guys yeah. remember when he went
1: on tour with chopper and fucking mark jackson
2: yeah no i remember chopper i didn't know that he i didn't probably know who rogerson was when that was happening i remember Chopper going on tour but when it ha-
1: i remember like early 2000s my uh one of my best mates sisters worked in, at the canberra theater and she like picked chopper and i and i think dodger up from the airport and and basically had to drive chopper around all day and she was you know, we we're so excited to meet Chopper, it was like the coolest thing. But that was it was the stage show was Chopper, uh fucking Roger the Dodger and Mark Jacko Jackson, the former AFL player, and they would just I guess t- sit there for an hour and tell stories. Spin yarns about fucking murdering people. <laughs> and Goodness. Australia ate it up. It sold theatres. Like it's oh, insane. I probably
3: would have
2: been pretty entertaining. It's like the
3: Jackass Tour.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Oh Mark man, Jacko, jackass!
3: Fuck. There you go. Well, that's the, another another episode covered.
2: Yeah, if you go,
1: if if anyone has any hot tips or stories, yeah, about I think we
2: will probably uh, we we'll probably do a third one in a few months or something because we've got a few other things to touch on. But yeah, I mean, there's a million fucking Kings Cross stories, but I think we've definitely covered the big players. But there's also there's so many other people in like yeah. Lenny McPherson and all these other yeah, guys yeah. in amongst it all. Um, Anthony Skinner, uh, Chelsea Skinner. You know he's uh, <laughs> he's the latest. Uh, Soros legs in town. Soros legs in town, running Kings Cross, and like, uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully, Kings Cross still comes back after COVID As some sort of a fucking uh, entertainment strip. But yeah, I think there's just you could probably go for fucking fifty episodes on on this place. So you oh, could absolutely, and yeah. baby, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you like this episode. Yeah please s- subscribe
3: to us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which yeah. is handily at, I believe, YouTube.com... <laughs> ah, oh, fuck, I <laughs> yeah, YouTube? Uh, it's at YouTube, communi- YouTube.com slash community noticeboard, I believe. And <laughs> we also have... No, that's not available. I just typed it in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've forgotten what it is. Seamless, baby. It must Uh, be Community
2: Notice Pod or something like that. Yeah,
3: something like that. But also, you can just type us in the search bar and find us pretty Uh, easily. We also have social media. Send us hot tips on there. Like all our stuff. Subscribe, follow. Love that. Tell your friends.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, tell your mates. If you love the pod, tell fucking one person tell you know one or two people and that's gonna that's gonna spread if they tell a couple of people
0: Fuck yeah.
3: Yeah. and we'll be yeah. back next week baby it's gonna All be right. a good one cool right, see you
2: boys Peace. thanks everyone bye